Mishnah tells us in Masechus Rosh Hashanah that in Rosh Hashanah the entire world, all of humanity, is part of creation, passes before HaKadosh Baruch Hu in judgment. And the Ran asks in Masechus Rosh Hashanah, how did Chazal know that Rosh Hashanah is actually a time of judgment um, in the first place? We are, Torah tells us in describing Rosh Hashanah, of course, it's Yom HaZikar and a day to blow the Tkiyah Shoifer. But it never mentions anywhere in the Chumash and Torah Shabbat that it's the Day of Judgment. How did Chazal know that that was the case? So Ron explains, based according to the opinion of Rabbi Lazar, supported by the Gemara in numerous places, who held that Betishrei Nivra Ha'olam, that Adam HaRishon was created, the world began to be created during Chaydish Tishrei, and Adam HaRishon was created on um, Rosh Hashanah. And on that day that Adam HaRishon was created, of course, he sinned on that very same day, and he was forgiven by HaKadosh Baruch Hu also on that very same day. And since Rosh Hashanah was the day that Adam HaRishon was created, that was the day that he sinned, he was judged by HaKadosh Baruch Hu and forgiven, that was established for all generations as a day of judgment for all of humanity based on the precedent of Adam HaRishon. Naran continues, and he says, if Adam HaRishon was created on Rosh Hashanah, and Adam HaRishon, of course, was created on Friday, the sixth day of creation, so five days earlier is when creation actually began, the process of creation, not with Adam Arishim, but the other parts of the Bria, five days earlier, which is Chav Hei Elo. It says around that custom is to begin saying Slichus on Chav Hei Elo, which is when the creation process began. The problem is Chav Hei Elo doesn't always fall out during the same day of the week, so it's going to be difficult to remember. So therefore, the minute developed to always start saying Slichus. If we can't have at least the calendaric day, at least we have the day of the week creation began. Creation began on a Sunday, and therefore we begin to say Slichus, of course, on a Sunday, the Sunday before Rosh Hashanah, which is when the creation process began. Why is it the time of judgment? Because Adam Rishon was created on Rosh Hashanah, that was the day he sinned, and that was the day that he was judged. The um, <clears throat> Ron then asked, though, what about according to Rabbi Yeshua? Opinion of Rabbi Lazar is the world was created in Tishrei. What about according to Rabbi Yeshua? Rabbi Yeshua's opinion is that the Nisan Nivra Ha'elam, the world was created in Chaydesh Nisan. Nisan, after all, is the first day. Chaydesh is Elochem, Reish Chadashim, the first day in the Jewish calendar. The first month of the Jewish calendar. So why is it, uh, you know, that Rosh Hashanah then is the Yom Adin, according to Rabbi Yeshua? So the uh, Ran explains that it's because of Rosh Chodesh Elul, Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Harsina to receive the second set of Luchais. He descended on Yom Kippur at that point. The Kaddish Baruch Hu had forgiven Kal Yisrael for the Chet HaEgel, and since it's a time of forgiveness, Kaddish Baruch Hu was making up with Moshe Rabbeinu and Kal Yisrael and giving us the second set of Luchais. It became a time of forgiveness with Doirei Doirais. As, uh, the Ran explains within the opinion of Rabbi Yeshua. So Vilna Goyen comments in his uh, parish on the Shulchan Aruch that that's the basis for the custom of the Sfaradim, the custom of the Shulchan Aruch, which is to begin saying Slichas on Rosh Chodesh Elul, not a few days before Rosh Hashanah, because they're following the opinion of Rabbi Yeshua, the Benisa Nivra'olam. Benisa Nivra'olam, so why are we saying, you know, why is Rosh Hashanah the Yom Adin? It's because this is the period of forgiveness. Moshe Rabbein went up on Rosh Chodesh Elul to get the second set of Luchas. He came down on Yom Kippur. That's when the Kaddish Baruch Hu forgave the Jewish people. But the whole period of time is the day of, you know, period of, of, uh, of forgiveness. And that's why they begin saying Slichas on Rosh Chodesh Elul. Ashkenazim, our Slichas corresponds to the day of judgment of Adam Arishan. We follow the opinion that Petitionary never Ha'olam, not Benisa never Ha'olam. So it's not the whole period of Rosh Chodesh Elul. It's only the first days, uh, you know, right before Rosh Hashanah. But then the day we start saying Sichas is not the day of judgment. But Adam Arishan was judged and forgiven. It's the day that the world began getting, you know, 
began created. What does the creation of the world have to do with slichas? Well, I understand, right? Rosh Hashanah is the Yom Adin. That's when Adam was judged. That's when he was created. That's when he sinned. That's when he was forgiven. Why is the slichus, though, which we started a few days earlier, when the world began getting created, the creation process began, that's when we started saying slichus. What does slichus have to do with the creation of the world? It's a strange, it's a strange thing. One other oddity, which I think we just get used to, probably don't pay attention to it, and that is that we're in a series of weeks. This is not just like a, a new period of time that came out of nowhere. We're, there's a whole series of haftaris that lead us all the way up to Rosh Hashanah, Tesis and Mesechus. Megillah quotes in the name of the Psikta that there are three Haftaris that precede Tishabov, known as the Shawash de Pernaisa. There are seven that follow Tishabov, known as the Shiva de Nechemta, and then two of Tshuva, one on Shabbat Shuva and one on Tzayim Gedalia. So this time of the year, the Yom Nehroim, is really the conclusion of the Bein HaMetzarim. There's a connection between the Churim Beis HaMikdash and the Yom Nehroim. They're all part of the same, uh, part of the same schedule. Shawash the Pernaisa, Shiva the Nechemta, and that leads us straight into Yom Nehrem. What does Yom Nehrem have to do with Purim Beis HaMikdash? And the, the two are obviously connected, by the way. We have Tzayim Gedalia. Tzayim Gedalia falls out in the middle of Aseris Yimei Tshuva. Who was Gedalia ben Achikam? Gedalia ben Achikam was the, uh, the Jewish governor that was installed by Nebuchadnezzar after Purim Beis Rishon in order to take care of the remaining Jewish community that existed in Eretz Israel after Purim Beis Rishon. And then they got tired of Gedalia ben Achikam and they executed him either on Rosh Hashanah or on Gimel Tishrei, and that's why we observe the tightness of Tzayim Gedai in the middle of Aseris Yimei Tshuva. So that has to do with Chorim Beis HaMikdash. What is Chorim Beis HaMikdash doing in the middle of Aseris Yimei Tshuva? How did these Haftaris lead us up to the Yom Nehram? What does Chorim Beis HaMikdash have to do, have to do with anything? In fact, the Kajan Tzermagin writes in his uh, Sefer, Avedis uh, Yisrael on Pirushan Ovis, there are 22 days in the May Ben HaMetzarim, from Shavas Batavus to Tisha B'av, there are 22 days in the Yom Nehram, from Rosh Hashanah until... Shmini uh, So the two are parallel. Yom Nei Beinam are kind of the the model paradigm for the Yom Nei Here's a beautiful gematria if you're into these things. He says it's 50 days from Tisha B'av until Rosh Hashanah. Gematria Nun, letter Nun. There's 10 days from Rosh Hashanah until Yom Kippurim. That's Yud. There's four days from Yom Kippur until Sukkot. That's four, that's Dalid. And then uh, first day Sukkot is Ukachta Mochem by Yom Arishon. That's the first day. That is the first day. Yom Arishan, that's Aleph, which spells out Nun, Yud, Dawid. Aleph, if you arrange them, that's the Shem Adnos. So there's obviously a connection here. And crowning a Kaddish Baruch Hu that begins in the Bein Bein HaMetzarim and concludes during the Yom Nehroim. What does one have to do with the other? What does Chorim Beis HaMikdash have to do with the Yom Nehroim? And Bechlau, the whole Indian of saying Slichus, when are you supposed to say Slichus? How is Slichus structured? Slichus is structured like a tefillah. The Levush writes, his comments on Slichus, Slichus begins with Ashrei, which is like Sukkot de Zimra. Then you have the Yigam Omidus Harachman, which is like Shemayna Esrei. It's followed by Tachnun and then Kadoshes Kabel. Follows Mamish the pattern of every other Tefillah. There's Tachnun, Kadoshes Kabel, Kadosh Baruch should accept that Tefillah. There's Shemayna Esrei, there's Sukkot de Zimra. Levush writes, it's actually a kind of fourth Tefillah. Why do we need a, a fourth Tefillah? We have enough. We have Shachros Min Chamar, keeps us busy. Why do we need a fourth Tefillah during this period of the year? So Svasemus explains that the reason why we need a, a fourth tefillah during this period of the year is because uh, uh, we usually only have three tefillahs. Why? Because there's three periods of the day that we go through. There's the morning, the afternoon, and the night. Some people are morning people. Some people are not morning people. They're night people. 
And some people, no one is an afternoon person. We all need a second cup of coffee in the afternoon. So there's three periods of the day that we all go through, three phases. And during those three phases, we all have to dedicate them towards our Kaddish Baruch Hu, to think about the Rebbe Shalom in these three phases of the day. So we have Shachos, Menachemar, but these three phases of the day. So Moshe Shapiro explains, based on this comment, this Fasemis, that during Slichus, is, uh, this period of the year, commemorating the time of creation, is a new time period. Because every year is new. Shana, Migosh, and Shinui. It's a new time period, the time period of Yom Neiram, and therefore we need a fourth filah. That fourth tefillah is slichus. But where does that tefillah find itself? Where, where, where is it positioned? It doesn't overlap with shachris. doesn't overlap with mincha. doesn't overlap with mav. We strip it in the day when there's no other tefillah. When is that? From chatzais halayla, you know, until sometime in the, in the morning when there's no other tefillah that's found. The problem is there really is a fourth tefillah at that time of the day. There is a fourth tefillah. Because even though the Gemara tells him in the Sechlis that shalosh, right, the tefillahs, avos tiknum, each one of the avos established one of the different tefillahs, avos established shachris. Yitzchak, Mincha, and Yaakov, uh, Yaakov Mariv. However, the Gemara tells himself, this bracha is David HaMelech, every night a chatzois halayla, akum lohaydes lucha. He used to, chatzois, a chatzois halayla, he would get up and praise. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, David HaMelech, he used to get up and daven. So the Yibbana Shalom, a chatzois halayla. Why davka chatzois halayla? Because chatzois halayla is a special ace rotsen before the Yibbana Shalom. Why is chatzois halayla a special ace rotsen? What are we doing here at 12 o'clock at night? The Gemara says in Yivam is chatzois halayla is a special ace rotsen. That's why the Makas Bechiris happened davka chatzois halayla and Yotam Yisrech Mitzrayim. What's so special about chatzois halayla? Some Mepharshim explain that it's because light represents the influence, the positive influence HaKadosh Baruch Hu has in the world. That's the chef HaKadosh Baruch Hu hopes to bring down to the world. Darkness represents when HaKadosh Baruch Hu removes his involvement. So when is HaKadosh Baruch Hu the most uninvolved in the world? That's as it's getting towards midnight. It's getting darker and darker and darker. When does it stop getting, you know, when does the process of it getting lighter start? The process of, obviously, the sun peaks above the horizon, but the process of it getting darker, darker, darker begins to reverse itself. You get over the hump, at Chatzos Halayla. So now light is on its way back. And since Chatzos Halayla, light is on its way back, this is when Kodesh Baruch is now going to get involved in the world again. So that's when it becomes an Ace Rosh. And that's why the morning is still an Ace Rosh, just like after, you know, after, after Chatzos Halayla, because it, it's on its way back. So David Amelch used to get up at Chatzos Halayla to praise the Kodesh Baruch Hu, but the Gemara also says at Chatzos Halayla, Kodesh Baruch Hu laments over the loss of the Korban Beis Hamikdash. So from here, the Few of Tikkun Chatzos was developed based on David Amelch. He used to get up Chatzos Halayla to Davin. The Gemara says in Brachos on the same Daf that Avgimah Kadosh Baruch Hu cries of the Korban Beis Hamikdash every night of Chatzos Halayla. So we have a few of Tikkun Chatzos, the fourth few of the day. It's the first siman in Shochan Aruch to say Tikkun Chatzos. A very special Indian to say Tikkun Chatzos. Who developed Tikkun Chatzos was David Amelch. David Amelch. Why? So there's two Tikkun Tikkun Rach and Tikkun Leia, but it was developed by David Amelch. Why don't you have an obligation to say it if he developed the fourth few? Why is there no obligation? So they explain because the Zohar HaKadosh tells us, based on the Gemara Baruch, it's also that there are three legs to the chair of HaKadosh Baruch, Abba, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. There are three legs. And a chair with three legs can stand. David HaMelch is the regal of Yushchina. David HaMelch is the fourth leg of the chair of HaKadosh Baruch. That's the fourth field established by David HaMelch. But a chair can stand with three legs. When it has four, it's much more sturdy. Much more sturdy. So David HaMelch gave HaKadosh Baruch a foothold in this world because he built the base HaMikdash. So therefore, David HaMelch is the regal of Yushchina, but you don't need the fourth chair. The, four, the chair can stand with three legs. So that's why the three tefillahs are the main tefillahs. Avram Yitzhak Yaakov, the fourth tefillah is an extra thing. Actually, Tikkun Chatzos. Tikkun Chatzos, the fourth field of the day, but it's really a, a major Indian to do it. When do we stop slichus? Together with Tikkun Chatzos. Well, at the here, Chatzos Halagwa. The same time frame for Tikkun Chatzos is the same time frame, ideally, for slichus. What does slichus have to do with Tikkun Chatzos? Tikkun Chatzos is Korban Beis Hamidosh, established by David Amelch, David Amelch, Bilko Beis Hamidosh. See, the one who gets up Chatzos Halagwa to lament the Beis Hamidosh. What does Tikkun Chatzos, what does Korban Beis Hamidosh have to do with the Yom Neiraim? 
What does it do with the Yom Nerayim? And how come Slichas was established on the day that the Bria began to, uh, you know, the process of creation began? Yes, Adar Barishim was Jazer Rosh Hashanah. What's Slichas have to do with the beginning of creation? What does the whole thing have to do with Chorim Beis Hamikdash? I think the answer is the following. The answer is the following: is that we go through this exercise every year, saying Slichas doing Chuba, and it uh, you know can feel as if we're doing the same thing over and over again. What's going on over here? We, we feel like we've been in the same place year after year for those of us who've been through this a uh, bunch of times. Feels like we're in the same place. So and you almost feel like you're spinning your wheels. What are we doing? So, uh, same Averis I was thinking about last year, thinking about this year, the same shortcomings, the same failings, the same problems. A lot of times I think about the same thing. So it could be, by the way, it could be that maintenance is important too, right? Maintenance is hard and, and, and important. The Sif Chaim gives a marshal to this. He says of a boat. A boat, you tie it to the pier with a rope. You know how to tie those special knots. And then the water comes and hits the rope, but it erodes the rope. Salt water erodes, the seawater erodes the rope. So after a few months, you're going to have to replace the rope. So, you know, a person who's a sh- boat person, I don't know, they have a name for it or whatever. Yeah, no, the shoreman. So he ties the boat and every few months has to replace, welcome back, Ariel, has to replace the, uh, has to replace the rope. So an onlooker might say, dude, you're replacing the rope every time. It's parach. Every time you're replacing the rope. He says, yeah, because if I wouldn't replace the rope, the boat will sail away. The only way to keep the boat close to the shore is to every time replace the rope. So sometimes maintenance is what keeps us close to the pier. If we wouldn't go through this process every year, who knows where we'd be? So it's true. Sometimes we feel like we're spinning our wheels, but sometimes that's not so bad because at least we're still in the same place. We haven't regressed backwards. Okay, that's a... You know, it could always be worse scenario, but that's not that, that inspiring. Obviously, what's expected of us is more. And that is uh, the reason why Yom Nehrim comes on the heels of Churim Beis Hamikdash, and the reason why it, it, it corresponds to the time of the creation of the world, because what we are expected to do is to create ourselves anew. We're not focusing on one Avera that a person did. If you, fo- if you did one Avera, you have a hole in your ship, you plug up the hole, you put a band-aid on the Avera, you do tshuva in February, March, and April. What the obligation of tshuva now is, is to reassess everything. To reassess everything and to figure out, uh, you know, should we be in an entirely different place? That's why it corresponds to the creation of the world, because we're supposed to recreate ourselves at this period of the year. The problem is, that's hard. You know why? Because we develop... Uh, an external shell that enables us to cope with life in general. See, if we would take this philosophy throughout every day of life, we'd never be able to function because we'd always be thinking, maybe I could be better, maybe I could be better. So you have to fall into a kind of routine, which is a coping mechanism that enables, enables us to get through life. That's what the Ramam is talking about when he says that Kia Shafer is to awaken us out of our slumber. None of us are sleeping. What the Ramam is talking about is that in order to get through life, we develop a coping mechanism which is happy with the status quo. And what the Shafer comes to wake us up to is, don't be happy with the status quo. There's one time a year when it's appropriate, the time of the creation of the world, to think about recreating ourselves. But that's hard. And in order to do that, you have to have a vacuum. You first have to destroy what was there in order to create something new. You cannot create something new unless you have first destroyed what was there. And first you remove something, there's a vacuum, and now we can create something new. The Gemara says in Masechus Marcus, that uh, after Chorbeis HaMikdash and Tanoim were walking through the Makam HaMikdash and they saw foxes coming out of the Makam HaMikdash and all of the other Tanoim were crying. Rabbi Kiva was laughing. So they asked Rabbi Kiva, why are you laughing? Rabbi Kiva said, because if this Nevu has been fulfilled, if Tzion saw the Tachrash, then he knows the Nevu of Zechari will also be fulfilled. If Oyed Yeshu Zekeinim is Zekeinos, Berchavis Yushalayim. That uh, other Nevuah of the Nechama, of the rebuilding the Beis HaMikdash, 
will also be fulfilled. What the other and the other Tanoim were so impressed by this Ha'ara, they said, Akiva Nichamtano, Akiva Nichamtano, you consoled us. How did he console them? They didn't believe in the Nevuah beforehand? Rabbi Kiva told them the Nevuah was coming true. He proved to them the Nevuah was coming true. Of course they believed in that Nevuah. So what was he teaching them? He explains in the Maral and the Netzach Yisrael, what he was teaching them is the following. What he was teaching them is that it's because there has now created, a vacuum has been created, because of this destruction, that itself is what is going to lead to a new reality that will be better than the one that we know now. But that can exist unless there is first a destruction that precedes it. The Moshe of the Maral gives us to an omelet or to scrambled egg. As the saying goes, you can't make an omelet without breaking eggs. But after you break the egg, you have something that's so much better. The seed cannot continue to grow unless, or cannot grow on the ground unless it first breaks out of its husk. But it destroys the shell in order to create a beautiful plant. And the same is true in the creation of the world. First there was nothingness, there was confusion. There was darkness. Then after the after that darkness, then you can have but you cannot have a new reality. You cannot have the creation of the world unless you first have the destruction of the base Hamikdash. So it's the destruction of the base Hamikdash, that destruction of our old reality that enables us after the three weeks of, of, of Puranius, the seven weeks of Nechamta, together is ten, the Asarim Amor, Shabbat Nivra Elam, corresponding to the ten utterances to which the world was created, that enables us to create a newer, a newer reality. Pasuk tells us that at the time of the creation, that which he created and was very good. So the Medrash comments, the Medrash comments, that a Baruch was created many worlds before this one, until he created this one and he was happy with it. So many ask, well, Akadosh Baruch couldn't create a perfect world the first time, he had to have this kind of trial and error. So many explain, maybe Akadosh Baruch was modeling for us that sometimes we don't succeed at first, but yet we should continue to try. This is all well known. However, the Ishbitzer in the Sefer Tiferes Yosef suggests a different shot of the Medrash. Mamish turns the whole thing on his head. He says, no. Kaddish Baruch Hu didn't create inferior worlds. He didn't create broken worlds and then the best world. Kaddish Baruch Hu created better worlds than we have now. And then he created the inferior world in which we're in today. Why would he do that? Why would Kaddish Baruch Hu create better worlds in order to create this one? Says the Ishbitzer, because what that's doing is enabling us to realize, wow, there can be a better reality than the one that we're living in. And every year, it's our job to assess the reality that we live in, to assess our normal, our status quo, and say, no, we can have a better reality. And that's why Kodesh Baruch created better worlds before this one, because every year we can recreate our world in a better fashion. And that's our obligation. And what is, you know, where do we start? What's the starting point of the Yom Neroim? What is the model that we're shooting for? The model we're shooting for is the Binyan Beis Hamikdash, and that's why that's where we start. We start at the Churim Beis Hamikdash to create that vacuum in the hopes that we can rebuild the world, striving ultimately to create a Churim Beis Hamikdash. But even if we can't get there by ourselves, it's sometimes, or you know, even in a pr- practical step of how how do we get there? Sometimes, in looking at our own lives, it's hard to think about you know what can we improve. We've tried to improve before. Sometimes it's, it's hard to even to focus on something that we know we can take with us. So I found something, maybe you'll tell me you don't find it interesting, I thought it was fascinating. And I'll share it with you and then we'll begin Slichus. The, the Piazetz, now, we spoke a lot about on Tishabov, we're connecting Tishabov with the Yom Neirum, so we go back to Tishabov for a moment, has a diary which was published after the war. So in that diary, he writes, in Oisio Test, you can look it up, called Sava Zeros. And he says something which is very revealing about himself, but I think helpful for us too. He says, Uma akabel He said, I can't really accept to learn much more. 
I don't have any more time in my schedule. There isn't more time. There's no more time for another Dafyaimi, Dafyaimi be Ian with Tysis. Many of us feel that way. We're maxed out in our schedule. There really is no more time. This, we're not on the same page though. He says to move away from the desires and the pitfalls of the Yetzirah. He says, by me, unless my Yetzirah is fooling me, Hashem I really don't have a tiver for these things. Chas v'shalom. Doesn't want to poke the Yetzirah. Isn't a thing by me. So what am I missing? What am I missing? What am I supposed to do? And this is shayach to all of us. He says, Poshut liyos Yehudi chasili. He said to be a yid who's connected with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, to feel Hashem in our life. That's something we all need more of, even if we have no more time in our schedule. Even if uh, there aren't averus that Chasrom are being nishal in, sometimes just feeling Hakadosh Baruch Hu's presence in our life is what we're missing. So he says, other He says, I sometimes feel like a caricature. Shahakoba, that's in full color. Hagavanim, not all the different shades. Hatsura with the whole shape. Rak achas chaseira. There's one thing that's missing. And what's that? Haneshama chaseira. The neshama is missing. The soul is missing. Say davis to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and I would echo that feeling. He says, Rebani Shalaylam. Tsoyfe umabit kolnelam. He says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who sees all that is hidden. The fanecha es vadma fanecha es chan, and I plead before you. Mushlach umurchak animimcha. He says, I feel distant. I feel sent away. And we call it lecha harchik b'oid. We're so far from each other. Poshet roitzani me'ata gaya. I want to convert. Liyoiz me'ata Yehudi. To now be a Jew who's more in tune and more in touch with you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Rebani Shalaylam. Ha'ishiyeni shlo'avale. She'ir shenoi se'akadosh Baruch Hu. Help me not waste the coming year, the years that I have remaining. Bein chamoiri asoni v'kalbi. Like a donkey or like a, uh, like, like a dog. Kravo isi e'lecha v'hachniseni heicha lefnim me'hecha. HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Welcome us in. To your heicha, welcome us in to your chamber and to your domain and allow us to feel close to you. And if anything, of course, we have to reassess our own lives. Some of us are not holding on that madrega that that's all we have to worry about, but that's certainly something we can all think about. And Amir Tashem, if we bring our Kaddish Baruch Hu into our lives to a greater degree, we'll be zaycha to see the binyan based on Mikdash from here. Amen.